I grew up just being so anti-Arabic. There was so much negativity in the news and the media as well, 100%. but also just culturally, like, you know, even the Arabic language for me was just like, oh, I don't like it, you know, like okay. the sound of it. I used to hate it. My father in the car would sometimes say, go back to your country, stop driving like we're driving camels. Mm. And that sounds so mm. bad, but mm. I heard that as a kid. That used to really hurt me. There was like a hatred that was kind of created because it didn't intertwine the people. Mm. It just said, well, find your own community, create your own communities, and don't worry about the rest. Mm -hmm. And I'm so blessed now to so, know so many educated and lovely and kind and caring people from the Middle East that mm. I now, you know, it's balanced my perception mm -hmm. that I heard, not through my father, but also through the media, as mm -hmm. you said. And I've learned that now, that when someone's saying something negative, about someone. It's not nothing to do with that person, mm -hmm. it's to do with them. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are insecure. They're the ones that are hating themselves. I believe that every person has the power to transform their life. Today, I will unlock that power in you. I'm Luke, and you're listening to the Luke Mind Power Podcast. It's time for you to heal and to find inner peace. Are you ready? Just send me a DM that says, I want inner peace to get started. Until then, enjoy this episode what's up everyone welcome to another episode inside the luke mind power podcast it's a blessing to have you with us i am with someone extraordinary and you know my thing i only interview extraordinary people but this is someone really special okay her name is nancy payton and she's actually someone who i grew up with is that extraordinary <laughs> she's in abu dhabi she lives here and I'm in Abu Dhabi right now as well. I've never been here, I don't know how I got here, <laughs> but she's a film producer and she's a mum, and she's a freaking amazing woman and I'm so grateful to have her on the podcast and I wanna welcome Nancy Payton to the Luke Mind Power podcast. Thank you, Luke, for having me. <laughs> no, I won't put that voice on. Anyway, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you said this is your first time doing a podcast, is that right? Correct, actually. Amazing, so this is gonna be pretty powerful, but. Just to give some context, because many people, obviously no one knows how I know you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we grew up together, like as, as children went to school, school together. We went On to Wenji Road. Wenji Road, right? Wenji Road. Anyone know what that means? Wenji Road <laughs> yeah. in, in Lakemba, right? In Lakemba. In Sydney, Lakemba. Yeah, in Sydney. And, and so that's a long time ago. That's like pretty much 30, 35 years ago. Well, I'm turning 40 years ago and yeah. I grew up there. So I'm 40 years ago. I know, I know, I know. And you were born a year later. That's, so we've known each other since we were born. Yeah, it's, this, it's crazy, you know. And, yeah. and it's like when I got to Dubai, uh, you messaged me and you're like, hey, um, Father Janusz is, and, and this is... Was our Polish local priest. He was priest our Polish local po priest. Polish Catholic at the Catholic Australian Church. In where? In in well, when you wrote? I mean, oh, no, 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 no. St. Therese? St. Therese. St. Therese. we went Lecam to school. We went to St. Oh, Therese yeah. Primary School together. You've been living, what, in the Middle East or in... Ten years. Ten years. So how, this where, year, where, ten year you're, But you were in um, Saudi Arabia first, in Riyadh? We were in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, um, and then we moved to Abu Dhabi five, five and a half years ago. Okay, so, so let's take it back. To when you were leave, when you were in Australia, but you would you decided that it was time for you to leave Sydney, and to move to the UK. Is that correct? You moved no, first I moved to, the, to New York. New York, I because moved to you New York. were. What were you pursuing? What were you? Uh, well, I was. So pursuing, you finished school. 
I did finish school. I finished university. I was studying to become. Uh, I got an offer to do my PhD at Sydney Uni. In um, I was doing uh, breast cancer research to be a doctor. Um, however, I went to a performing arts high school. So that's when I left Lakemba. I got into a performing arts high school in Sydney, uh, which was a selective school. Uh, There's only 50 kids that got in. 2,000 auditioned. And so I always did the arts. I always did plays, theatre. I was part of Latare, the Polish mm. uh, Polish group, yep. where I did loads of plays, singing, dancing, uh, you know, guitar playing, piano playing. So I was always in the arts. I always loved plays. I loved storytelling. Um, but of course, having a single mother and uh, the struggle is my mom was like education, university, very Polish-minded, university, university, university. So and you can't have a career in the arts, uh, which I do now. Um, but that was like why I went to uni to do science and medicine. Um, but the itch of going and living in New York and um, was always there. And I finally finished my degree. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. And um, I said, if anything, I can always go back and, and pick up my science degree and, and pick up the PhD. And but so and I always wanted to move to New York. I don't know if that's because of Home Alone or Sex in the City or I don't know, one of those TV shows. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Home Alone. Um, and then, of course, theater, musical theater was that it was, you know, it is um, Broadway. So it was always a passion to live in uh, New York. And I did it. I moved. I packed up, found a school that would take me in. I could get my visa. Uh, I had to pay my way through everything. I worked three jobs when I was there just to survive. But I did it. I left and never came back, really. I think I came back for like four months at one point. How old were you? Uh, I was 22. Wow. 22 years of age. That's not a coincidence. Age. 22, that's a good number. Yeah, tw- it is a good number, 22. <laughs> that's my birthday, right? 22nd. And that's my husband's. Really? Yes. When? What uh, is October. 22nd of October. Uh, yeah. Wow. And Lex is the 21st of um, September. Wow. So, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, look how the journey has unfolded for you. And so how long were you in New York? Three years exactly, because I did Three my degree, years. and then I was working, and then I uh, I was going to stay longer, but I couldn't. And then from New York, where did you go? I moved to London, because I'm Why? Polish. Because uh, there were so many Polish people there? <laughs> no, because I have a Polish passport. I could live <laughs> in London without a visa. Yeah, because there was this massive Brexit. influx influx yeah. of Polish people migrating to London. Well, I mean, to America London. was really hard to get a, to stay there. I mean, mm. to get the OTP, to OP, and the, so I forgot what it was called. I spent quite a bit of money trying to get paperwork. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and I'm Australian, but I'm also Polish and I have a passport. And at the time, as a Polish person, I could live in Europe anywhere and it speaks English. So I was like, okay. Made sense. Um, and it has, and it has uh, you know, the West End, it has theatre, it has films. Um, so it just made sense. It had a great uh, film industry. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go try it in London. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to come home. I kind of knew I would never live in Sydney as a kid. Um, due Why? Due to all the struggles. Uh, so I kind of knew in my teen years. I you was knew that, that Sydney wasn't your home? I knew Sydney was I always never felt at home at Sydney. Really? As a child, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I never felt Partic- Specifically anything? Um, we never had roots. I mean, we never had a home. We never owned anything, uh, you know. Yeah, because you were in Burwood for, for ages. For high school, yeah, just because it was close to Newtown. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Because I went to Newtown, so like, we couldn't afford Newtown and the upper upper areas. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, what we could afford was what we lived, mm-hmm. um, but we never owned it. It was we rented. Just our renting. Whole lives. Yep, yep. Um, so I think I had no roots, and you know, we went to Pol. I went to Poland as a kid every three years. So I loved my family in Poland. So you were, yeah. So you were a little bit 
different from me in a sense of like, yeah, the whole Polish culture was there for me. I identified myself as <laughs> Polish, but at the same time, yeah, you were really My more culturally like... Europe, yeah. yeah. And I had yeah. family in France, I had family in Germany, mm -hmm. I had family in Belgium, so... As a kid, I remember as a five-year-old going there, and so all my cousins, all my grandparents were in Poland. So as a kid, I just felt better in mm. Poland, even though I'm now not Polish, and it's I identify as now worldly. Like when people say where I'm from, I say I'm from Earth, mm -hmm. because I don't really have an identity mm -hmm. in the sense of I do have an identity, it's Earth. And that's, I'm very passionate about keeping Earth alive, and keeping cultures alive and heritages alive and language is very important to me as well. But I don't want to be from one place specifically. Mm -hmm. I, I've definitely lost that in my 20s, um, that need to identify with one country and mm. one kind of culture and one kind of understanding. I don't, I don't see myself like that and I mm -hmm. don't want my kids to see themselves like that. Yeah, that's really interesting because that's definitely something that I went through as well, mm. was the attachment and, and I think the reason why we do I mean it's nice to have culture it's nice to have heritage yeah. all that kind of stuff don't get me wrong and I get where you're coming from but I in order for me to grow yeah. I had to let go of the attachment to that identification yes right exactly. and I was like well because yeah because I was always saying like I was m saying that I'm Polish when people ask me in Australia what nationality are you I'm, I'm Polish but I was born in Australia how yeah. can I be Polish exactly. right um, but you're both but you're both. Yeah, my parents are from there. My parents were born there. I was born in Australia. But it, where, where it goes deeper is that I think what we're looking for is to feel like we are a part of something. 100%. Right? To, yes. And so we're always looking for that bigger purpose or bigger connection with yeah. something greater. Mm -hmm. you know, And that can be community, family, whatever. And for me, it was... I'm Polish. Yeah. That's my identity. As a child, 100%. You know? And we, we made, I think in Australia that was quite, because there were so many immigrants and it was so multicultural, that kind of really was ingrained in us. Well, you're not Australian. You're from here. Mm. I did feel that as a kid. I mean, not as a kid. I never felt that actually as a kid in Lakemba, even though we went to a super multicultural school and mm -hmm. everyone was from Vietnam, China, Japan, Arab, like uh, Israel. I mean, all the all the Arab countries were there. All our friends were from the Middle East because mm -hmm. of the war, right? So from, you know, you had Syrians, you had Kuwaitis, you had because of the Gulf War, because of everything going on here, Iraqis, Afghanis. I mean, these were like, uh, my laundry guy was from Ghana. I used to mm. love going to the laundry guy. I remember he was like so funny. Mm -hmm. I mean, all our Turkish friends, I mean, Greek friends. So uh, I didn't have, so I think because I had that as a kid as well, I only started feeling the disconnect in high school when then it really did feel like, oh, but you're this because it, that you start wanting to identify something. I didn't mm. feel it as a kid ever, even though I had more variety as a child. I felt I felt it and I started disconnecting with Australia when I became a teenager. And that's when I felt I could feel that I didn't mm. fit in because I wasn't Polish, I wasn't Australian. I was all those things. Mm -hmm. I was my Greek friends, I was my Lebanese. I felt like, a, I felt, you know, kind of Arabic, I guess, for so long. Well, and what do you mean? Like <laughs> the Wanji Road has, had, had, has a mosque on it, right? I lived next door to the mosque. Yeah, I lived on the, where the mosque is, right? And, and I used to buy 
za'atar and cheese uh, from the Lebanese bakery every morning before I would go to school. Yeah, Lebanese chocolate. You know, yeah, yeah like we grew, I, we grew up in that environment. It's funny, we're in the Middle East now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's weird, my, my family's yeah. like, that's weird. But, but I, I went through this journey as well, and it's like, why do we do that? To identify ourselves with something bigger than ourselves. And so now that I've detached myself from that, I have this open mind, especially even coming to Dubai and now you know, being in Abu Dhabi. It's like, I, I remember yeah. when you moved Riyadh, or I just remember no, see, knowing yeah, Riyadh, or Saudi. hearing Saudi Arabia Nancy's or in Nancy's, in, Nancy's there, and <laughs> I just could not understand. Yeah, I couldn't, and I would. I think I, I definitely judged. I was Loads like, "Why the judged. fuck would you be there? What are you doing? You know this and that." Everyone. But that's what I've learned um, is that you always judge what you don't understand. What you fear and don't understand. You know, exactly. and you fear what you don't understand, and therefore you try to. I think you and people, you yeah. make assumptions. You know, and and I think many people would have judged you and. Yeah. And not being able to really comprehend or, or appreciate why you moved yeah. or, or even what the life is like. And, and even like I can tell that you actually appreciate this culture. I love it. Right. You appreciate yeah. even when you're speaking, like the way you pronounce people's names and stuff. It's like you're actually part of them. You're, yeah. you, are, you know, you're not trying to anglicize anything or whatever. You're, you're in it. Yeah, I think half of my, I use so many Arabic words for things because it makes more sense for me. Like, but also we use Italian words. I use French words at times because sometimes your feelings go with your, I mean, I, you know, we speak other languages. So I think that's where there's a word that feels more <coughs> right for that moment. It doesn't have to be in English. Like halas is way better than finished. I just prefer it as a word. So when mm. I say I'm finished, I say halas. I just, mm. I like it. Do you know what I mean? But I also like merci beaucoup. Mm -hmm. You know, I prefer to say merci than thank you. So it's not, it's like appreciation for yeah. certain things feel more right. It doesn't mean you have to be from that place. Yeah. Um, but once you've lived in a few places and you've traveled, and as I said, I think now as I look my life, yes, I lived in Australia a lot of my life, but I was in Poland five years of that because I spent nine months at a time. Mm. So when you count all that time in Poland, actually in my childhood, five years was in Poland, even though I lived in Oz for 20 mm, years, mm, mm. because I'd gone that many times to Poland and stayed there. Mm -hmm. So I don't have an Australian, I do have a European, but now Middle Eastern, but also Asian, because it's so, I, I mean, like you just went to the Philippines, right? Mm, mm. Did you feel out of place? It, does, it just feels normal, it just feels like, you just like you put yourself in there and you live life. It's not like, oh my God, I'm going to this place and it's so different culturally. You, yeah. I don't know. You know what the other thing is, is like even like the World Cup or like, it's kind of like religion in a, in a sense as well. There's all these different religions, but there's all these different countries. And if you're not careful, you basically are in this space of division, mm -hmm. right? Where because you're from here, we're better than you. Or yeah. this is the one true religion. This is the right one, or this way. this country is better than your country, yes. You know what I mean. Yeah. And so it's so easy to judge, right? And and I got to be really honest right now that, like, I grew up just being so anti Arabic, yeah. Like anti, like I mean, there was so much negativity in the news and the media as well, 100%. but also just culturally, like, it just never. Like, I had a couple of Lebanese girlfriends, but I knew deep down that I would never like 
take it further because I just had this thing within me that was just like, nah, you can't, you know, even the Arabic language for me was just like, oh, I don't like it, you know, like the sound of it. And I'm like, where did that come from? It's cultural conditioning. It's like, it's, it's the media. It's the, the, media. T- it's the, t- the, the, what happened 9-11, all that shit, because you're watching it all the time and they play these stories into your mind that these people are specifically they bad change, or like those. this or whatever. Yeah. And so I had these stories in my mind that these are, these people are bad or whatever. Yeah. So being here now in Dubai and, and, and in this, in the UAE, it's like, it's like healing for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that also, you know, I could say, it's yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the language. I'm listening to, and I'm seeing the people, and you it's know, I like a, I remember as a kid, and it's going to sound horrible, but I'm going to be completely honest. I used to hate it. My father in the car would sometimes say, go back to your country, stop driving like we're driving camels. Mm, and that sounds so mm, bad. But mm. I heard that as a kid. And I remember as a kid, that used to really hurt me. Mm. Like emotion, I used to be like, why are you saying that? Don't say that. That's so wrong. Mm. Um, and I guess maybe as a ch- as an adult, I was like, no, I'm going to, one of my goals is to show the other side. Because, mm. yeah, my dad was afraid. Like, he, he, he was an immigrant, mm. and he was scared that they would take their jo- his jobs, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, like, yeah, we were all in this multicultural community, but there was still so much segregation Absolutely. between the adults. My my parents never talked to my friend's yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. They didn't talk to the Korean parents. They didn't talk mm. to the Ar- Lebanese parents. Mm. We went to school together, mm. but they never associated. Mm-hmm. I associated with Polish people. Yeah. I, well, as soon as we left the school ground, our families never, we never had play dates with my friends that I actually played with in this mm-hmm, playground mm-hmm. because they were afraid. They didn't speak good English. They didn't speak good English. They were from different cultures. And then when something went wrong in our life, we would blame it on the culture we didn't know because mm-hmm. the integration in Australia didn't happen. Mm. Australia actually put us in like ghettos in a sense. Like this is where, you know, you go to Cabramatta, all the Vietnamese mm. lived, right? You mm. went to Parramatta, all these people were, you put mm. to Lakemba, all the Muslims were put mm-hmm. in, right? So they put they, they actually, when all the immigrants came to us, there was like a hatred that was kind of created because it didn't intertwine the people. Mm. It just said, well, find your own community, create your own communities, and don't worry about the rest. Mm-hmm. But then that I found as a kid, I'm not saying my mom was fantastic, but as a, you know, I remember, and that always used to ring in my ear. And I'm so blessed now to so know so many educated and lovely and kind and caring people from the Middle East that Mm. I now, you know, it's balanced my perception Mm -hmm. that I heard not through my father, but also through the media, as Mm -hmm. you said, Mm -hmm. and all this misconception that was just one side of the fault Mm -hmm. of the coin, you know, and now I can see both. Yeah, there are people that drive slowly. There are people there from anywhere. It's not just because, you know what I mean? That that was just a way. It was like my my father's way to make himself feel better about himself. It Mm -hmm. was his insecurities Mm -hmm. that he would throw on them. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that now that when someone's saying something negative, about someone, it's not nothing to do with that person. Mm-hmm. It's to do with them, yeah. Because they're the ones that are insecure. They're the ones that are hating themselves. They're the ones, and so I just have learned to like block that negativity out. And mm-hmm. coming here has helped that. Yeah, you so know the one thing. No, 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 no. This is this is what you're sharing is really powerful. It, it's what I've been doing is complete opposite of what I've always known myself to be in this journey of like growth and change yeah. and healing and, and, and it's no surprise like me coming here. It's, and, and, you know, I have to be grateful to the, to the UAE um, government, to be yeah. honest, to be able to like, even just come into the airport and pass, give my passport. And it's like, yep, see you later. Yeah. You know, and it's like you go to Australia and it's like, 
Who are you? Where? What? Are you, how long are you gonna be here for? Where's your visa? <laughs> the dogs this, are all over this, here. the fucking yeah, <laughs> Don't take any yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking like it's ridiculous, you know. And and I'm like, funny COVID and, and and you think the opposite as you're walking to the to the customs or the passport control, like you've got the you know the the guys in the white gowns and the and the yeah. the traditional clothing, and it's like oh shit, you know. And it's like no, they're fucking really nice people. Yeah, they're very humble and nice. You know, yeah, and so it's so bad and it's like it actually pisses me off because I'm I'm realizing how everybody is living, everybody is kind and respectful. That's what I've experienced so far respect, anyway. You know, people are so respectful here. Everyone is following the law as well. Yeah, you I know, think. it's so safe and yeah. and you would you would never think that because automatically your mind is like Muslim country, Middle East, what? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think one of the countries I associate this place with and, and so, so is, uh, is Japan. I mean, I find there's a lot of similarities in the sense of they're very respectful in their traditions, their, uh, the way they treat their elderly, their families. I mean, that was the one thing I, I think I had to go to Saudi Arabia to kind of finally understand what family means. I mean, I learned about family in Saudi because my family was a bit of a you know, as we know, it's, uh, it's a disaster. So I had a lot of hatred towards the family unit. I didn't understand marriage, uh, commitment, all this kind of stuff, because my, my dad left when we were younger. And so, uh, and he was a Catholic, by the way. <laughs> so, you know, you think about religion and you think about morals and stories. And, you know, so when people say, I'm this good Christian, I'm like, really, you're a good Christian? I mean, so don't judge Muslims if you are, I mean, I see you as well. So, so I had to, I think, go to a place where, actually family came first and that was something i mean if you if your if your mum is sick or if your mother-in-law or if your uh, your aunt your uncle you have to go take him to the hospital there's not like oh you need a sick day you've already taken no family you go i mean you need, there's someone in the hospital it doesn't matter who it is it's your auntie your uncle your your child your i mean that in saudi was part is mm. part of their understanding work is work mm-hmm. the family's family mm. and um i think that was a big reason why i always say i really love saudi because I grew up so much in Saudi Arabia. Sorry, you know, got me on camera. I, mean, I just realized. Sorry. You know, you still look like you're 20. Like you. Oh, thank you. You know, like there's no like. I, even I, I, people like I tell people I'm 38, and they're like, "Oh, I thought you were like 30." Yeah, yeah. You know? we look. We look. Like yeah. honestly, like we do. We look young. Like yeah. it's. I think because we're happy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, if I look at myself in my 20s to uh, the, recently, I mean, uh, you know, and and with uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I just don't stress. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's mm. when you're okay and grounded and happy with what you've done, it, it changes your persona. So mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, it, it, it's not easy to, to get to this happier place, though. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, I mean, you still deal with a bit of stress here and there, but you're doing what you enjoy. And, and obviously, you know, yes. that busyness is part of your hustle, right? Yeah, and I love the busyness. Yeah, yeah of course, not, of course. That's a positive. I don't, I don't see it as a, yeah, that's not what puts But, me you know, obviously you talk about family, and I know that, you know, um, what you experienced growing up with your parents was not probably something that it could have been better possibly for you. Yeah, hundred percent. How much drive or motivation do you have because of the unit falling apart um, or not having that masculine uh, care from your dad? I don't, so I was actually quite blessed in a sense, should I say? I mean, I, I see it was a blessing now. I really don't have that hatred 
that so I, I don't that's why it's quite difficult sometimes because yes there was a very big period in my life where I could say um, answer this differently but mm. I am in a very different place in my life as well so I see it from a completely different angle um, and in some ways I see it as a, bless a blessing um, because I am who I am I, it is a blessing I am who I am because of that and I wouldn't mm -hmm. change any of it sadly even though a lot of it should have been changed and should never have happened and mm -hmm. that is a fact uh, so um, because it was completely wrong um, however what I would say is can you explain what it was that was wrong I, I mean I, I you know I would say probably the, the one blessing for me I guess is that my dad left when I was 11 so he didn't leave when I was five uh, five yeah right my sister was two she wasn't even two when he left for mm. her I think and I'm not going to talk about her because that's yeah, her that's, story of course. however I definitely see the differences because I don't have the male I did have a male figure up until some point mm -hmm good or bad, whatever that meant, there is that fatherly figure. Mm. And then I also fa had the fatherly figure in God, and I had it in the church. So I kept that going, and I always had, thankfully, due to my mom and keeping the faith, that did help me so much. I mean, it was such a, if it wasn't for that, I don't know how we would have survived. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful for having faith and religion. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I also see religion a different way now, just because how do you at. how do you see it and how does how, do you still like have a faith base like I in your life right now yeah, like how I'm, do you I'm definitely aware of everything now like I definitely know that everything I do has a purpose and has a reason but also causes a reaction and I know I make my choices very carefully uh, because everything I do has a has a consequence mm -hmm. and and even in the words I say the way I speak the thing the thing is words hurt uh, actions hurt uh, actions make happy actions make you know with mm -hmm. children specifically as mm -hmm. well you do have to be so aware of what you're saying how you're saying it when you're saying it, you know, like if they're going through something, maybe it's not the time, maybe wait till they've calmed down, then have a chat about it because it's, you know, so, uh, you know, specifically, you know, I'm talking about my second son because he gets very tantrum -y mm -hmm, sometimes. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. We just let him go through it and then we, we talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, I have another, the other son though, he needs to deal with it there and then. So he's one of those people you have to stop it, nip it in the butt, right? So, but also being aware that there is a bigger power around us it, it is the reason I do know this because that power, if I say something, it, it resonates and it causes, you know, in Earth and the universe ripple effect. Like I do, and I did a lot of, I mean, like yourself, um, in my 20s, it was my healing years, uh, my disastrous years, but my healing years in the sense of that too, of reading lots of healing books, mm. doing lots of stuff, you know, yogas, Bikram yogas, you know, um, traveling the world, going to different cultures, religions, dabbling in all of them, uh, reading lots of self-help books um, and finding what worked for me. Um, my faith is a massive part of my life. So how do you, is that Christianity? Not, is no, it like, what, I, how do you, what is it? I respect the church and I go to church. I would go with my kids. I, I baptize them. I will respect it for all the days. You know, I want them to have a religion. I also respect Ramadan. We do it, you know, we don't, uh, you know, we, we respect everyone doing iftas and, um, and, and Eids and stuff. Um, however, I, I don't, I don't practice in the sense of prayer for my kids. Uh, we don't, 
say a prayer, but we're always thankful. So what are you thankful Gratitude, for today? Yeah. Who are you thankful for? What did saying the positives mm -hmm. of the day? What could we have done better? How do we do it better? Mm. You know, let's put that intention for tomorrow. You know, um, so that is prayer, but it's not like a formalized structure. Like mm -hmm. this is the prayer you should say at this time mm -hmm. or this time, um, and and that works for a lot of people, and they should do it. This uh, that's one thing, you know. I think if it works, it's better you doing that than going off and doing something bad. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. hurting someone. So if you, if you need prayer to keep yourself, if you need to go to church, if you need to do that to make that, that hour, you don't go and do something that actually is going to hurt someone mm -hmm. physically, mentally, or the earth, go, you know, then you should be doing that. Mm. You know, but if you make sure you spend your time correctly, then that's a better thing to, you know, than going and being on your knees for an hour and, you know, when you could be helping someone, mm. you know what I mean? So I've always taken the thing, if someone needs me, I'm always there. Mm. My house is always open. I have lots of friends who are just flying. I mean, we have, you know, it's that's how I've always wanted it. An open house where people can come, go. Uh, if you need us, we're there. Um, there's, uh, you know, like kind of what we talk about, Janos, like being available. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, as a priest, they have to be available. Mm -hmm. They 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 make the choice of celibacy, not because of that, but because if someone is struggling or... You know, and I know that when my dad went through whatever he went through and my parents, they were there. Mm -hmm. The priests were at our house. They were protecting mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. you know. My parents didn't, my mom didn't call the police. My mom was too scared to call the ambulances, you know. I mean, she was afraid of those people, but she trusted the church. Mm -hmm. So the church came. And I'm very grateful for the church coming, right? But if they had families, if they had things, maybe they wouldn't have been able to come straight away, mm. right? And then me and my sister or me and my mom, we would have had a different situation. So, you know, I'm, uh, so I try to do that as much as I can in my life as well, more than going to meditate for an hour. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. prefer to go help in some way, someone, and physically do an action, you know, and I'm not saying prayer does work and all that does also work, and I've seen it work and I believe it, um, but I'm an active person mm. and I'm not someone that can just sit back, you know, and my husband knows that I went, I go to refugee camps, I go to Africa and he's like, just calm down. You do have a family, you mm. know, and I have to, I have to remember, I still have children that mm -hmm. actually need me first. My husband needs me first. And then if we have more time, we can do good to others mm -hmm. and make sure mm -hmm. we keep doing that as well. How do you, how do you balance your life with taking care of yourself first? Because most importantly, like you've got kids, you've got a husband, you've got a bit, you got a, you're, you're a film producer. Um, and you know, life is hectic yes. and, 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 you know, it's important to know that, Hey, I have to take care of me first before I take care of others. Because if I don't have me, how can I give? I think how do you do, how do you find that in your life? So I also I see time differently to people sometimes. I don't see it as a weekly thing. I see time as a, uh, maybe it's too short. I kind of, like, I guess because I have children, oh, okay, I have to do this, but I guess because of the family structure and where I'm at and what I do, I see time more of a yearly thing. So I really, uh, we kind of reassess our life on a yearly basis where I kind of see, well, this is the two months of the year that I'm going to be focused on this. I might, life might be hectic because I'm doing a film then and I might not spend so much time with my kids and my family. But then I've got the two months in June, July where I'm just with my children. I make sure that that quality time is there. Mm. It doesn't mean I don't see my kids during the time when it's hectic. Mm -hmm. I still see them. But it's, they understand that this is a period of a time. It's not going to go on forever. Mm -hmm. It's just periods of my time where then, okay, I've got a quieter time. Now I'm going to go and enjoy a massage. And I mean, I get one maybe every four months, mm -hmm. five months. Mm -hmm. It's not as much maybe, but that's all I need. I don't yeah. need it all the time. What I, 
you know. Well, so. that's the truth. You're being honest with the fact that, like, it's not overindulging and it's finding your balance. Exactly, yeah. You and know, I, it's I, like you don't need it every week. Every yeah. Like, you, you know yourself the best. I do know, And there's yeah. so much information out there that will say, you need to do this and you need to live your life like this and whatever. And it's like no. everyone's different. Exactly. Some people go on, like, on a, you know, a weekly diet or a monthly diet. Like, as I said, I, I see it more like this is – and I do fast in the year. I, I do have, like, a couple of weeks a year where I put, like, time just to focus on me and health and stuff but I think as you said earlier the the youth and looking young and feeling young and uh, my children make me happy I mean what I do makes me happy so I'm not gonna complain that because I'm doing and I'm doing what I love I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so I'm so that is kind of how I that's me time me time is I love spending time with my husband that is me time now mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. he is my partner so we can talk for hours we like yesterday well I mean that's that is my time now. I found a partner. I found, yeah. I, I mean, that. Did I, you find him or did you attract him? Oh, I attracted him. <laughs> yeah, I definitely attracted him. Um, I, I sent out, I mean, we always laugh because the Christmas before I met him, I went to a Christmas party in London. I used to do loads of, I do events then. Um, and uh, went to a Christmas party and I left like after an hour. I got home. My mum was living with me then and my sister and I just spent the night writing everything I want in a guy. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm never dating until I find the one. And I have the paper still, 72 points I had on it by the time I finished. And I stopped dating. I was anti. I started my master's degree. I signed up for a master's degree that week in corporate government, governance. Because um, I was like, it's time to do business and become a businesswoman. And funnily enough, two months later, I met him. And I was like, what? did what? you tell, like, how? So the, the weirdest thing was the third thing on that was he had to be Catholic. Yeah. So tell us, because this is very powerful manifestation. This is you actually bringing out, you know, into the universe. Hey, this is my intention. This is yes. the power of your thoughts and the power of what you want to attract into your life by taking it out of, out of your body and writing it on a piece of paper. I think people don't appreciate the power of actually writing stuff down. Yeah. And, and so basically what you're saying, because for, for people watching this and listening, right, is, is yeah. like if you are in, um, if you're in a relationship with yourself <laughs> at the moment, you're not in a relationship with someone else, you're with yourself, you're single, whatever, and you are yearning for a relationship or you want to attract someone into your life, Listen to this because this is going to help you to attract what you want. Yeah. And as I said, I learned a lot of this in my 20s, but I didn't really take it into action. <clears throat> I think I let the universe control me a lot. And which is, it's, it's a, the, the relationship we have with God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, it is a relationship. It's a give and take. It's, mm. I do feel you have to be in, a rela in it. So, uh, and I've learned that now, how to just listen and feel. And this is, this is where I'm meant to be going as I said, I had a curveball on Monday, and I, I actually been manifesting it for the universe. I mean, saying like, I just want more in Abu Dhabi, and actually, I mean, it's funny. So, uh, and I've learned well, sometimes when things are going, I'm like, okay, stop manifesting the positivity and what you actually want. And and I learned that in my twenties, but I I did it on like a sporadically. I'd do it, and then I would stop, and then it happened, and then I forget, and then. But I had this breakthrough moment specifically with my when I before I met my husband. Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't, I was, I was done dating in the sense of I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't need someone. I was, I had a great job. I was, I was loving London. I, I was, I was at peace with myself. Mm -hmm. And, but I was like, I was dating all just the wrong people for the sake, just to date, to, to find a relationship. It was just such a wrong reason to do it. But, um, and I got to know this is what I want. And until I find that, I'm not actually going to 
uh, go down that path. And um, I'm going to focus for the next two years on this master's degree. How specific were you on the... 72 points, and I can show it to have the diary still to this day. Uh, and... Um, and as I said, on the 31st of January, I met my husband. This was the 14th of December. I met my husband 31st of January. So not much later, by the way. The universe is much quicker now for me. Yeah. We, so we have a better and how, did, how did it happen? Like, where, where were you, um, what were you doing? What? And uh, funnily enough, I was not meant to be at this place, and he was not meant to be at this place. We were both not meant to be at this event. Um, luckily enough, I, I was in events, as I said, and I was meant to be in Italy for a conference doing event there and, like, making sure the technology was going well there. And, but my friend uh, had his event in London. He's like, Nancy, and he's new to the technology. He's like, Nancy, can you please help us on the day just so that it's correct, so everything's going right? I'm like, you know, I really got to go there, but you're my new client, you're my friend as well. I'm going to stay in London. My husband happens to be friends with this guy, but we've never met each other because he was living in the Middle East. I was living uh, in London, and we just never met over the four years that I was in London, and I know this guy. Anyway, so my husband happened to fly in to do a visa, and he was not—he was meant to fly out, but the visa office was closed, so he had to wait till Monday. So he had to stay the weekend. So he actually came to this event on the Friday night, and as soon as he walked down the stairs, I looked at him, and I actually went up to him. My like, as soon as he walked through the—I remember the day—and I just literally pushed to the people, "Hi, I'm Nancy," and he goes, "Hi, I'm Richard," and I go. Uh, who are you here for? I'm like, oh, I'm here to see Marcus. I'm like, oh my God, I know Marcus. He's a really good friend of mine. I go, can I have your business card? He's like, so I took his business card, I put it in my pocket. <laughs> and I go, Marcus is just over there. And then he went. And then so he went to, oh no, no. And then as we're walking to Marcus, I go, so where are you from? He's like, oh, I live in Saudi Arabia. I go, I've always wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. He's like, really? <laughs> and he's like, I was like, uh, yeah, I grew up in the, you know, I had a lot of Middle Eastern friends. So I've always wanted to go see Mecca, Medina, and learn yeah, all yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the Holy Land. Because uh, I thought he was Arab at first. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought You know, I did too. I know. <laughs> I did. I was like, he's Scotland? He's Scottish. Like, nah, he's completely Scottish. He looks Middle Eastern, uh, but possibly. But he's my type, right? Because yeah, I grew up. Yeah, so it just yeah. it happened to be my type. Um, and then he went and talked to his friend, Marcus, who is my friend. He's like, who's that girl? He's like, oh, she's the... N and thankfully, we have a really good race. So, and then when Marcus came to me, I'm like, who's that guy? Like, I mean, he's like, he's the nicest guy. He's the most kindest guy. He's gone through this horrible time. He's like, you know, I... I so, I mean, I guess because we had this one person that, like, trusted us, kind of put us together. Because mm. I already trusted Richard because he trusted Richard. Mm -hmm. And he trusted me because Marcus trusted me. Mm -hmm. So we kind of skipped that whole getting to know you in a sense, like is this a good person or not? Because we had someone that yeah, we both liked, yep, yep. like that person. Mm -hmm. So that really helped our relationship go faster than other relationships, I think. Um, and then from that moment, we've been together ever since. And we've never, we talk all the time. And we have a... How long um, were you together before you got married? Four and a half months. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He proposed. So actually, no. So he... Yeah, but so when you was, know, you know, right? You did know, but so what happened? So I'll tell you why we nearly didn't get married. Uh, two weeks into the, like, because he was in Saudi, but he had to come back for the visa. There was like a six-month process for his new job. And he actually got a job in Dubai as well. And he's like, look, and I say, if you move to Dubai, I won't go to Dubai. But if you move to Saudi, I'll come. Why? What was wrong with Dubai? At the time, I wasn't, because I had just lived in New York and London. I didn't need another city. I w and I was also writing a lot. And I was a filmmaker. And 
I'm, as you know, I've been to Zimbabwe, Papua New Guinea. I love culture and I have mm. always wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. So I was like, that's for me exciting. It's different. Mm. It's not like the standard place you go to. Why would I go there? Um, and so he, so he was like, this woman's crazy. Like she actually, like she's some, you know, and he's also a traveler. He's been to Peru and all of South America. <coughs> so we're, we're travelers, we're, we're adventurers. And um, so it just made sense to go on this adventure together. But when he wanted to date me, he's like, I, want, I was like, I'm not doing a long distance relationship. I oh. also said, I'm not doing a relationship. Mm. I was so anti, I go, I like you, you're nice, but this is not gonna work, buddy. There is yeah. no way you, you live in, what are we gonna do? What has happened possibly in the past that maybe gave you the anti-impression of a long-distance relationship? Because I, I've had a bad experience yeah, and yeah. I'm also very anti-long-distance. I'm not interested. I, I want physical energy. Yeah. So we were, we were very lucky because, as I said, he was transitioning through work. He's like, yeah, but I'm going to be quite – I've got a couple of months and I'll be here and there. I'm like, yeah, but uh, – so I said, okay, you've got three months. I said, I will date you for three months. If you don't, and he was 36 at the, that time, and he'd already been married once, divorced four years. I was like, if you don't know what you want in three months' time, that I mean, you'll never know that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, so you and put I'm him not under waste, pressure. I go, I'm not wasting time. I'm doing my master's. I really have a good job. I'm not going to, like, leave this all for some guy that wants to date occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not interested, buddy. And um, so, anyway, we started dating. And then he's like, come to Dubai, because he was, go you know, he was in Dubai, come and check it, come and see it, maybe I'll take the job in Dubai. I came in Dubai, and then we started talking about religion. He was very anti-Catholicism. Oh, yeah? And it was my third thing on the... Didn't you say that he was, like, Catholic? Well, no, he's Protestant. Oh, okay. But on top of that, he wasn't, at the time, anything. Right, and, right, And um, right. the third, third thing on my list was, was Catholic. You have to be Catholic. <laughs> and that was only because my family was Catholic. I had dated guys who won't, and it caused problems with my mother and my sister. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they were my, that's my life. And I was yeah, like, my yeah. mom and my sister don't respect you. Mm. I'm not marrying you. Mm. I'm never. Because yeah, I, wow. I, we have to have the same morals, the same values. If we're having children together, I need to make sure that you're going to be have the same morals and not flip out one day and start, you know, shooting people because mm -hmm. it's not part of your commandments or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for me, it was like, so we had this moment in Dubai. We were sitting on the veranda, and I just, I just hated him. I literally hated him for, like, two hours. And I was like, oh, what am I doing with this guy? I'm like, he's so everything. I'm not, I'm not I was like, I'm so excited. I'm leaving Dubai tomorrow. I'm going to, like, never see this guy again. And then we sat. He's like, no, but just why? And I was like, well, you know, this is what I want. I want someone who respects me, puts wife first, who, you know, takes care of my kid. And... And I realized it wasn't Catholicism I wanted. I wanted a good person. And Richard is the most kindest, caring person I've ever met. And actually, when, I, when we got down to what we were looking, we, he's like, well, why? Why is this so, what is it? What do you want, someone that prays all the time? I'm like, no, someone that actually cares, listens, is kind, takes, takes time for people. And you can, anyone who's known Richard, that is him. And I, you know, when I met his friends, they're like, he's the most kindest, he's the most caring. I was like, really? And he was, and he was, but I was just like, you know, I had to be Catholic. Uh, and that was my stupidity and my immaturity and my, uh, and I was like, okay. And he was so kind to my mother, so kind to my sister. And, and when I started seeing that, I was like, you know what, I can let this slide. This one is not something I really care about. As long as you respect that I might be Catholic and that I want my kids baptized and that I might go to church occasionally and all this stuff. And he's like, of course, that's your choice. 
funnily enough, 10 years later, my husband's becoming more religious these days. It's not religious in the sense, but he is, you know, he's open. He's, he's met my uncle, he's met the priest, he's very open. He now sees it the way that I saw it. Because if it wasn't for the Catholic Church as a child, I probably wouldn't be here today, you know? So I'm so grateful for the help they gave my family as an immigrant in Australia, as a Polish immigrant, um, and all the, all the things, uh, my education, you know, so many things I was able to do. Um, and so he saw that. He finally saw that and started seeing actually they do a lot of good. There's a lot of bad media and a lot of bad press, and there is a lot of bad people. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of bad lawyers. There's a lot of, it's not just ch- priests, right? And there are bad priests. I'm not saying, but there is a lot that's good. And if you focus on the good, uh, which is what we always try to do now, is that's what we focus on. That's what we look at. And that's something that's, you know, and that's our main purpose. I think that's just a, um, a very positive mindset and a sense where there is a lot of bad out there. Yeah. And in order for you to become successful in your life, like I always say, you know, if you keep focusing on everything that's not going right, you'll see more of it. You'll 100%. find more. If you keep focusing on all the bad shit, you'll see more. You attract that. Yeah. If you keep looking at everything that you don't have, well, you'll think that you fucking don't have anything. Yeah. You know, versus focusing on being grateful, yeah, focusing what on what things are working. And we were taught that at church. We were. We were. We were the, 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 the standard model was grateful for what you have, thankful for your family, thankful for this. The mm. more you actually do it, but you have to practice it. Yeah, but there's division there because it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, be grateful for what you have. But then you can, like, as you, as you talked about in the past, like with do religions thing. and with cultures, like, no, you're Lebanese, so you stay with all the Lebanese people. Yeah. And you're, you're Muslim Lebanese, so uh, we, can, we can hang out with the Catholic yeah, Maronites with, with the, met the Maronite Lebanese, but the Muslims they they they're not you know yes. they're different, yeah, right? Exactly. And I, I definitely was programmed and conditioned that way, yeah, right. Um, and so you know we like what you've done is just breaking the barriers to to live here to you know kind of not conform but respect, respect. in a and, in a sense exactly learning. exactly. I mean, I'm not gonna just because someone said so just believe that, and that's what I said. Even I would have missed the best thing of my life. <coughs> that day specifically with my husband and I would have messed messed it up and not had a partner who I actually just because of something I thought and he had to challenge me or we had to go through and be honest with one another to realize actually that's not maybe the thing and but that was honesty and communication mm. that you need to have because no one's perfect there are, the 72 things are not all there mm-hmm. but 80% of it was so why would I why would I? I know wreck it's. That? We're always yeah. looking at the 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 the, 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 the small percentage of what's not right, it, and that outweighs everything. Exactly, and and I, and I had to stop doing that. I'm like, mm. no, I've got this. That's great. Um, and it took me like it took me so long to, and I'm and I'm still learning to do more of it. And don't go wrong, I make mistakes. I'm, <laughs> I'm still making mistakes, but I'm getting better at recognizing it faster and not mm. making the mistakes. And. I'm trying to teach my children the main thing I teach them, you know, and this is something I've learned. If you make a mistake the first time, like, don't say it's a mistake. It really isn't because you've never done it before. It's not a mistake. You just haven't done it. So it's a new thing. And you, if you fuck up, you fuck up. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. let that bum you down. Get up and do But if you do it again, then that's a mistake. Of course. It's and, you know, or if you've seen someone do it, why repeat their, their shit? Why go, oh, that's, well, I'm just going to do all the shit that they did, even though it was really bad for them, mm. it's going to be better for me. If you know it's wrong, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to experience it. I get it. But don't keep repeating it. Mm. And I did a lot of that repetition for so long. 
And it took me a long time to just stop it. And I'm like, I, and I just walk away now. Like if something feels that it's going down that, I don't, I don't associate. I, I, I stay clear of it because I've learned this is not going to be good for what I've achieved or mm. what I've done. And that's, and yeah, just. I think, honestly, I'm, I'm really inspired. No, thank you. I am. I'm inspired by your life. I'm inspired by your willingness to, to completely change from you know the whole eastern european um western world to come into this environment where it's like you're uh you're in this new ocean that is full of these different fishes yeah you know but i'd go to to career i I know but like like this is the thing like what people are going to take from this is that hey like we're not that different no we're the same right like but 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 we but we have been programmed that way that you know this culture is so different from from us that we can't we can't communicate or we can't love yes or we can't understand you know we should have we should have the cult. That's what I'm saying. It's not, I'm not not part of culture. I feel like I'm part of lots of cultures, and I really love them. I, you know, I, when you went to the mo- uh, monastery and did the um, in the, the Shaolin the, Temple, the, yeah, yeah, in China, I loved watching that. I was like, God, I would love to do that. I mean, mm. I have, but I can't because I have my children. As I think there are things maybe when I they left, maybe I'll do it in my fifties. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying no to that experience. Mm. But I also understand that I'm not going to go through that, but you're going to go through it, which is fantastic. And you should go through it mm. if you can. You know, because it's a good thing. You're doing a good thing. You're learning. You're growing. Um, and, and, and that's great. I mean, and then we should support things like that. Um, instead of putting it down and being like, what's that person doing? They're so weird. That's not their culture. That's not their thing. But it is their culture. It's part of humanity. I mean, that, 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 that Buddhism and thing is part of the earth. It's been here. There's a reason for it. We don't need to, like, get rid of it. We need to... <coughs> Keep it and uh, celebrate it. Yeah, but it's, you know, like there's so many people that have a closed mind. Yeah. Right? Because this is the religion. This is the only way, you know. And this is how I was raised. And this is how I was taught by my own parents. Yeah. You know, specifically my mum. Yeah. You know, if only she listened to all my podcast episodes, she'd be like, you always talk about me. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, because the way that I was conditioned because of her beliefs was that this is the only way. Yes. And if you don't follow this way, then you're going against the teachings of God and the truth. Okay, right? right? And so that's why... That's a hard one to get That's why I fucking despise being controlled or told how I need to live and where I need to go, or what I need to believe and all that shit. But you do see that that was the only... Like, I've learned... But, like, that's not their fault. And I know then, that. And, and I then, get it. But yeah. that's the motivation yeah. that I have because of how I was brought up yes. for so many years yeah, yeah. you know go to church go to church pray pray do this believe but in as this I said, it also you know works for her at work, i know and, and, and i'm and not judging her exactly, i love her how exactly, she is like exactly. i accept and, her and she's fantastic but, because of that and that's her that happened to be her and then i said and that's my mum too and my mum is that and i love that and as i said i don't i i respect what she wants to do and that's her thing and that's fantastic mm. and they and they did teach us so many good and we've and despising it as well something because i did for so long I've also had to be like, actually, no, because if I, I can take those great things mm-hmm. out of that. No, absolutely. And, uh, Her yeah. passion and belief for what she believes in it's, inspires me exactly. to believe in what I want to believe yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I always said when I started this work, I was like, I speak with a universal tongue. Yeah. 
Yes. To everyone. Yeah, yeah. Not to you because you're a Muslim or because you're Hindu or Buddhism yeah. or whatever. It's it's belief. it's it's this universal tongue that is relatable to everyone. Yeah. And it always comes from a place of unconditional love. Hundred percent. You know? Yeah. And that's what I did. We did learn from the Catholic Church, and that was the main which I, I do from Christianity: the love, the unconditional love that Jesus and God gives us. And if you believe in Jesus or God or you know Buddha or whatever, but unconditional love is such a key which I know I lost through through so many years and then I had to regain love for myself, respect for myself and then to be able to love again, you mm. know what I mean, to actually love because uh, that, that's been a long healing process to get back to that. Um, but that is, as I said, I feel like I've sometimes gone back to mm-hmm. being five again in the sense of I do now love animals, I love nature, I mm. try to love my, you know, everything. I try to see my kids, look at that beautiful butterfly, mm-hmm. appreciate everything, mm. you know, the little things, you know, mm. that we have, the time with my children, my husband, you know, the people that I actually are, are good to me and a good, you know, are good people. I will give them every time of the day. If I have it, I'm there. Mm. It's showing love, you know, acting with love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you've also... corny love. Like, it's not a... But, it's like that but, like, thing. you are so busy. And, like, I know you can say, yeah, I'm open. Come over, this and that. And I'm always available in that. But but you also have to protect your energy, in a sense, sometimes, because you've got commitments and responsibilities and priorities. Yes. And so you have to be careful. Are you careful of, like, who you allow into your life, into your proximity? How important is that for you? Like... Very important. I mean, but I mean, because you don't. Again, your environment is everything, right? Who you surround yourself is yes. very important. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we we're very. I mean, as I said, we're very busy. So our, our we our circles are getting smaller and smaller <laughs> recently. Um, if, because also our work circles are big. So at work, mm. you know, I have so much time. A lot of time, I have people. You know, I just finished this film. There were so many people. Um, you know, and I try to give time to everyone and be there and be understanding and supportive of what they needed to do the best job that they could do. So yeah, I come home. I mean, that's it. My family's. That's it. You know what I mean? Uh, um, so, but I, as again, I said it's a yearly thing as well. There will be a period that we will be like, this is a friend time. We're going to see our friends. We're going to spend more time with the people that I had no friends for four months. Friends were just just did not. I did mm. not have time, which is okay. I thankfully I have friends that understand that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that I'm not there for you. If it is something that's please call me now. Can I be there? I don't know. Like if I'm on a film set and time is money and I have. That I can't, but maybe Richard can, yeah. or maybe I can send someone, or maybe I know someone that can assist you, or maybe you know, what I mean, or just you know. But at the same time, it's not. You're right, and I'm not saying uh, it's a complete open door, um, but to a point. Right? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And, and knowing to those the points. right people, right? But also, yeah. we, we we want that for our children. I mean, I do want our kids to see that that, mm-hmm. we, that we are open, that we are. Um, you know, I think our kids are a little bit, I mean, our kids are so blessed. Our kids are so blessed. But our kids are also so naive. Uh, they, because, I mean, they they understand. But you guys, are, you guys are the example, right? You guys are leading by example because your children emulate everything that you guys do and what they experience, right? Yeah. But there's also what you're doing is something different that, to a lot of households where there's the provider, which, you know, can many cases is the, ma- is the man yeah. or, the, or the woman, can be both. Uh, and then one person stays at home and looks after the kids. Yeah. And what you guys are doing is you're both hustling. Yeah. You're both successful in your own ways. and you, But you're still raising a family and, and you're doing what you love. Yeah. I right? Mean, for, 
that comes, as you said before, does all that drive come from my childhood? And I think it does, and I know it does. Uh, so is this so the, what you're doing is the opposite to how you were raised? Kind of. Not kind of. And my mum, I mean. I mean, your mum worked a lot. My mum worked a lot when my father left. She had to, but, but, but she's not screwed herself up because that's what I said to my husband. I'm like, I need to make sure that if you ever leave, I'm able to go on my two feet without mm. you. Or if you die or something happens that I can actually stand on my own two feet. Yeah. My mum didn't have that. My mum wasn't allowed to learn English. My mum was, you know, kept in a box for so long until, you know, uh, until she was able to get out. Um, and I watched that. And I, as I said, I don't want to be boxed up. I mean, that was never going to be my, you know, and I was afraid of marriage and of commitment and of, of, of having a family because I didn't want to become her. And, and you're right, she worked so hard when my dad left, don't get me wrong, but she didn't have to, but she did because she had lost her studies. She had, she, she had given herself up for 20 years for a guy, and then she couldn't. The only job she could get was working hard because mm. she didn't have the language, she didn't have the skills, she couldn't keep up on computers. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the whole, whole generation went past, right? Mm -hmm. She was low class. So how do you get out of that? And even though my mom's education in Poland, my mom's high class, when you, you speak to her, she's so educated. But in Australia, she was low class. And so it was very hard to watch my mother um, as a woman. And uh, But my mom taught me to work, work hard, study hard, knowledge, knowledge is power. Mm. And that was a big thing, you know, and, 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 you know, and she said travel, go, see, you know, don't. And she did teach me not to be her as well. You know, because she, she was teaching me to be the woman she would have been if she stayed in Poland. Mm. But she left as a good wife, as an obedient wife to a husband mm -hmm, that wasn't mm. a great husband. And she did what she was told as a woman she had to do in those days, even though she was smarter than him and wiser than him. And uh, and and I wasn't going to do that. And my husband knows that. My husband knows that I need my life and I need my career. And I want my kids to see that. I want my kids to see a woman working. I want mm. my kids to see a woman succeeding. I want my daughter to have the energy to say, no to crap men and be to say no i'm i want to be in a respectful relationship mm. it's it's a partnership it's not one dominates it's yeah, a partnership. yeah 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 it's got to be a balance it's, it's, a balance. it's giving and receiving i was pregnant i had a birth I, of course i couldn't work i needed a man who could actually provide while i couldn't mm -hmm. but when i can i don't have to be at home yeah why would i be at home when i can there were times where yes we have to give to our children be there completely when they're sick when they're uh, you know, I had a moment a week ago and I had to go to a meeting, a very important meeting, and my son called from school, the, the, the nurse, he has to go home. And thankfully the meeting, the universe does amazing things. The meeting got, the, the, the person, which is a very high up person, had an, was an hour, going to be an hour late. So I had time to pick him up from school, from the nurse, take him home and get to the meeting on time still. But, you know, and I had to be like, but that was my husband was also, and my responsibility in that moment, one of us had to do it. I, but the universe moved over my meeting so I could pick up my sick son and be with him for that hour to get him home to make sure he was protected, and then I went to work. So somehow, recently, as you said, sometimes mountains move. Mm. The earth moves over somehow. Yes, they get sick. Yes, they need me. But somehow my career also mm -hmm. shuffles mm -hmm. without me even trying. Mm. It's, a, it's a beautiful place to be, and I think... Because me and my husband believe in that, we somehow I just make it just happens, mm -hmm. and we find the balance. Mm -hmm. We work it with the balance mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and as a unit. But um, yeah, like I want my children to. Ad but as I said, I worry about the drive for my kids. I do sometimes mm. because they see us work hard, but they don't see the. We work hard because we love our jobs and we want to change the world and we we want to leave a legacy and we do it for our kids and and the things we do works we love. But they don't, 
it's not like they don't have money on the table. Do you know what I mean? My mom and I worked hard because we didn't have money on the table. Mm -hmm. So my drive was to never struggle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's the drive that keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Do they need that to get to, to be so happy and sex? I don't know. But and they're watching you hustle, so that's a very powerful example. Yeah, they're, they're watching you get out there and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not, not relying on someone else yeah, to make it happen. and not just sitting around and like wasting space. Like we've got one life, one time. Make the mm. most out of it. I mm -hmm. mean, do, like why sort of? I mean, make the most out of it. Where was that moment for you that you healed this fear of marriage? Um, because you said you were afraid of it. Yeah, I mean, when I mean, I went to New York, and I think that's when I started. As I said. Uh, I had to leave Australia because, I mean, so much bad energy. My father still lives there. I mean, I had to go. I, there was no way I could live in, after my 20s, in my 20s in Oz. And I guess going to New York was also my career move, but there was a, a bigger drive just to get away from all the crap mm, around me, mm. just to start afresh. No one knew me. I could do, I could mm. make my life. Um, I needed to get away. Mm -hmm. And in New York, I started reading the healing books. Um, but I never dated. Like, I didn't have any boyfriends. I wasn't interested. I wasn't, I, didn't, I mean, I, you know, but I didn't, uh, that commitment was, like, not my thing. London, I moved to London. I did have, I was, like, finally going, I should have a relationship. Mm. I'm getting now in my 25, 26. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I should, and I dated two guys that were just horrible. Did you I, need to learn the lessons from those two relationships I before you to. met Richard? Yes. Yeah, because I believe that, you know, some people, we have to go through these relationships because there's lessons we need to learn yeah. which are going to help us to I then... I became my mother. I became my parents. Mm. I became my family. I seriously, the first one, I literally was like being with my dad. It was just the weirdest thing. And even my sister was like, why are you dating? All my friends are like, why are you with this person? Like, he's a loser. I mean, he was a loser. I mean, I was it's, just, And it's familiar because that's what I you experienced my, with your dad. I dumbed myself down mm -hmm. so much and I'm educated and I just, I didn't, I didn't do anything. And I just wanted to just to be in a relationship. Mm. I mean, it was so, and I, and he cheated on me and, and like so many things that were so wrong. And I just allowed it. And I just, I remember, and, and I was like, but we're committed. We're going to make this mm. work. He's Catholic. Mm -hmm. He's religious. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like I, when uh, some of the relations, like people in the past, I was, Looking at them, right? Yeah. Catholic, Polish, goes to church. Yeah. My mum will like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum will love them. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like I remember, and I think about it now. I'm like, wow, you are really like doing this for others, not yourself. Completely, yeah. You know. And also, then I was twenty. I think I was twenty-six when I did that one. And um, it was more like, oh, God, I'm getting to my 30s. I should really be married. I should really have children. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, and it wasn't, as I said, I didn't want them in my early 20s. But I think something being in London, I think my mum was, no, my sister moved to London then. So I guess I was around my old ways. It was like this, like, oh, I should really, like, because in New York, I was on my own, right? I didn't mm. have no family, no friends. It was all stuff. I moved to London because I was close to Poland. And I did. I went to Poland every six months. And I was around my Polish family, my Polish community, who were all married, yeah, all yeah, children. Yeah. But did you feel... And I felt more Polish in London. Did you feel deep down that you were like you, you had to, like you wanted to marry a Polish person? Uh, no, I never had the Polish... Uh, no, because of my father. I knew I never would marry a Polish oh, man. Oh, really? I knew I never would marry a Polish man. Wow. I knew I would marry someone that looked like my father, and I, Richard, I guess, has tendencies to look like my father. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> tall, he's tall and skinny. So, so I mean, that's just a psychological. Look, obviously, we you mentioned your dad a fair amount, and obviously, there's a bit of a drive there to like you know get your own life and independence, and yes. and, and 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 you know, but there's also a pain point in the sense that that's your dad. You know what I mean? And you had to let that go. And one thing that's really important is obviously 
forgiveness, um, letting it go, um, not having that energy in your life. Yeah. How have you managed to process that so that you can actually feel peaceful and not live with spite or carry you know the resentment or the anger or the pain because of the experiences that you went through and i know myself you know going through a relationship that broke down or that didn't eventuate into the marriage that i thought it would i held on to resentment and pain for her decision for six and a half years i completely believe you i mean i've done the same you know and so i was like some of the things that i was doing were were because of her because i was angry yes you know yeah so how have you how how did that work for you? How long did you hold on to to pain and anger and all that stuff within you until you kind of were like okay, I'm I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to judge him. I'm going to forgive him or how have you processed that? I mean, me and my father, you know, when I was 16 something happened. We didn't talk for 3 years and then he I finally met with him. Well, that was the last time I saw him and met him. I think I was 20 just 20 before I left, a couple of years before I left. Um, and we had a sat down and I forgave him verbally and to each other, but I just said, I don't ever want you in my life. Now, I didn't really forgive him and I didn't really mm-hmm. not want him in my life. And I really, and I didn't really forget about it. I mean, even though I said it verbally and it was like mm-hmm. a power mm-hmm. thing, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, um, it took me probably another 10 years before I actually did and before I actually understood it. And of course, I always want my father back. I mean, as a kid, even my 20s, I wish I had like a different father. And yeah, maybe, uh, so yeah, there was this need for a father. I think because you need a mom and a dad. Again, I've now learned to let go of that, but that that concept as well, because that's really dangerous. You don't need a bad person in your life. Mm. You don't need someone negative, father, mother, you know, cousin, brother, no. That's not a reason someone should be in your life. Yeah, they should be in your life because they deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Because you and them respect each other, your mm-hmm. relationship. Yes, you're lucky to be mother and father, whatever that is. That's a, that's even an other blessing. You should be proud of that. Mm. But, but only if they're the good person. Now, if they're not, you can't just forgive someone all the time. And because they're blood, that's just completely insanity. You know, yeah, they're hitting me. Okay, but they're my father, so that's okay. I mean, no way. I'm sorry. Um, or whatever they do to you, um, no. And but it took me a very. I mean, my as I said, I mentioned New York. I had to go through. I went through. As I said, I did acting for two years. I think I cried every other. I mean, you can talk, tell my class. I think I cried every other day because when you're doing as ifs in acting, you kind of pretend. My father was probably the main person I used to always do it with. So like it'd be like as if your father did this to you, or your father. If you so I'd cry or I'd scream or it always. I was always acting with my father. It's like two years of therapy, really, uh, acting school. Um, and so he was a lot of my as ifs and a lot of my acting emotions came from my anger and my hatred and my love for my father. Remember, I had a father as a child and he wasn't all bad. I mean, he had amazing traits and he was also, everyone loved my father. Even Janos, she's mm-hmm, like, your dad mm-hmm. was great. My dad mm-hmm. was great. There's mm-hmm. not, but he had tendencies to not be great. So it wasn't. It was once in a while, but when the while came, it was hell. So it's the whole thing again of, of if you focus on all, if you focus on the little, the pieces of bad, you'll see more bad. Yeah. But there are pieces of good that you can focus and on they also. Can. And they were great. And as I said, I, and it took me a long time, a lot of therapy through acting and, and then finding myself in dating people and realizations. 
um, that I have forgiven my father because I do believe he was a product of his disastrous life. He had no control over communism in Poland. He had no control of ha having to flee to Australia. He was, had no control not being Australian, not being rich, not having money on the table, not being able to provide for the love of his life, his daughter, his other daughter. Like, he couldn't provide for us. So the, the pain and the, and the, the you know, how, the hatred for himself, you know, he did things and... and because of that, that was the reason. I, and I completely understand, I forgive him for that. And I, under, and I, and I understand who he is, is because a product of all that. Uh, and that was, there's nothing, and I said my dad did so much good. So there's not, I think, however, the, the pull on me as a child, wanting my father to be the right father, to being the good father, to, you know, to, to, to the love and, and the, way, the way I saw him treat my mother and my sister, all those things to where I am today, I can't have him in my life and I never will have my father. And I've come to peace with that. Mm. And my sister, my, I mean, I go, you know, he's your father, he's your father. And that's, that's okay for them if they want to be around that. But I've created a very safe space. Mm -hmm. I have a very good circle of friends who are, who are family. Yeah. They are my family. Yeah. They might not be blood, but they've treated me better. They've helped me along the way. Janosch is one of them. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for him, he is like a father to me. Mm -hmm. He is my real father. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he treated me well. Mm -hmm. He always respected me. He mm -hmm. always, you know, whenever I need a shoulder crown, he was there. Yeah. Not my father. Mm -hmm. So why would I disrespect him mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. being kind to my father now yep. who actually caused so much hatred and uh, pain in my life. Mm -hmm. So I choose the people in my life who were always like you, your family was always there mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. I will always put you guys because if it wasn't for the good people in my life, I wouldn't be here. And I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be standing and breathing here. So I'm very grateful for my life and the choices I've made, but the people that were good in my life that kept me going. And and it's not that he might as he has probably changed. He's probably grown this way. He would say he's a good person now. He's this, he's that. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for him. But he's not my father. He lost that privilege a long time ago. Mm. He's a good person that people like. That's fantastic. He's someone I share half my blood with. I get it. But he's not someone that I need to, because I know that I would become that little needy girl again. Mm -hmm. And I can't have the strength to stay, to stay the person that I've become, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because the memories will be there and it's, it's too difficult and mm -hmm. I don't want to wreck what I've made. Yeah. You know, and and you, but you're not living in the past as well. You're, you're living in the present in moment, the moment of, in my moment, absolutely. Exactly. And your continuation of your creation of your future, yes, which you're in control of, Yeah, you know, and you focus on what is good and, and keeping good people in your life. And I, I think your confidence speaks for itself when you yeah. communicate and what you share. And, and, I'm, and thank you so much for, for actually going there because so many people listening will be so inspired and touched. I'm sure there's people very emotional right now because they have a lot of pain in their family. Yeah. And I think and that... it's a very... Sorry, I just want to say, because I'm not saying there are people that make mistakes and that cause occasional drama. I'm not saying... And they can change and they do change and I'm not... That, that is fantastic. And, and you shouldn't just halas as i say because they've made one mistake or some hurt we all we and we're all perfect and we do and i and i said i as a that i'm not saying just give up because you're like well you've given up on your father you've i've heard that i've heard this and that mm -hmm. but it's it's so it's so deep mm -hmm. you know there for i have a very different childhood and adulthood and my sister and my mother and it's not just me there's so mm -hmm. many other people involved in this that 
there, there is a there's a level of mistakes and there's a level of, of so I'm not, that's what I don't want people to be like okay well I'm going to turn away from my father and my mother mm. and never see them again that's, yeah, yeah. that's not bad and I would never disrespect my father if I see him as I said I would say hello how are you but I don't need him in my children's yeah, 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 life for sure. yeah, yeah. I think that you know everyone has their story and has their own experiences that they've gone through personally yeah. which you have yeah. right so remember that you will judge what you don't understand. You've never felt it. You've never been through it. You've never experienced it, yeah. but you will have an opinion. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do have. Yeah. They have opinions yeah. and they'll try to tell you how exactly. you need to live or what, what, what that exactly, or you know, what, yeah. and that's why like even with my own journey as well, why I'm so driven and why I'm so motivated and why I'm yeah. so relentless, you know, with, with what I do, because because I've been through my own pain. I've exactly. been through my own challenges yeah. and my own rejection and my own journey of like trying to figure out who is Luke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Being lost in the crowd and, and trying <laughs> to fit in and, and trying to connect myself with culture and, you know, and even saying like when I first started this work, I'm moving to Poland. Yeah. That was my first thing that I did. Because you understood Poland. Because yeah. I was like, Poland is my safety place and that's yeah. where I'm going to fit in. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was just a part of the journey that eventually helped me realize that, you know, I had to work on myself and I had to learn to love myself and appreciate myself yeah. and not try to fit in, yeah. but be myself. Within the space that you are. You exactly. know? Yeah. Um, be yourself wherever you are in the moment exactly you know and detach myself all from, from all the labels and, and you know I've just gone from now you know being in this box to being such an open book to you yeah. know everything is um, is you know the world is here for you to explore and yeah. for you to use your life and be the, an instrument of, like yeah. I said, they, 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 the so many things in religion, like Catholicism, like being an instrument of love, it you know, that. Uh, when you do good to others, they, they, like, it does, you know, but, it, but, it, it does, but that's in every religion's taught that. And then the morals are basic and it's, it's, it's like a key to life. And when you actually, because we really like treat others that, the way that you would like to be treated. That is the biggest thing like, for me that I've learned over the honestly. years. Honestly. Yeah. I've learned that. And that was what I've learned by not being that person. For being that person as a child to then not being that person because of all the people not being that to me mm. so it was like a hatred revenge back you know because my father wasn't the father he was meant to be he didn't treat me the way he was meant to treat me my mother didn't treat me the way I was you know so so and then realizing actually just treat the people you want me to treat they might not treat you back that way because they're not there yet mm. that's fine but just treat them that way you know what I mean the way but you, you know, want I to be can, treated don't expect them I know, to treat you I know, that way you can't change them you yeah, cannot change yeah, them yeah, yeah. but you can be the person you're the, the example way. exactly but I can see this honestly just this short space that i've been here in the uae yeah that everyone functions off that frequency yeah giving and receiving yeah. and being kind and respectful yeah. and and it's like yeah. you know the networking that i've experienced so far with yeah. with people that i've connected with yeah. i connect with someone videographer okay i pass that videographer on to my personal trainer because he's looking for a videographer yeah. and then it also comes then a network and then i connect with someone at the gym and he gives me his number and then yeah. i know now what he does and it's like yeah. everybody like i'm i'm don't ju just, just be open. no but just like people open. are giving me their details i'm like for example 
Um, what's one example? I the real estate. I was giving someone gave me a real estate. Like yeah. I met someone on a podcast. He gave me the real estate agent guy. I messaged him. Then I was yeah. like, hang on a second, let me pass you on to this person because this person is looking for a real estate guy. Yeah. And so now I've become the connection to, okay. to someone else. Yeah. And it's like this is what this whole environment is all about. Yeah. Is about giving. Yeah, giving back and receiving. And giving just, and just, giving and yeah. receiving. Giving yeah. and receiving. And it's like. But it's a basic thing that we've, we 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 lost. I don't know where we lost it because I mean. I think as you, I think it was what the church did wrong for a while or what other religions did. it's just learn it learn it learn it but it's like actually but it's actually live it live it live it mm. actually do it mm. it's actually do the I know do, it's like some it. people are like holding back I love Nike I mean <clears throat> it's true do the do the work act that way don't just say it like there's ego Believe though it. for many people there's ego oh no don't tell them because then they'll know yeah but that's not, no that's that, right that also I learned that I learned that in New York that's when I actually said because I'm very blessed to have gone to Atlantic School and I was like, um, what's it called? There's enough work for everyone. If you want something, go do it. And literally, I, mean, I remember being with Willie Macy and he goes, uh, no, not Willie Macy, sorry, um, uh, David Mamet, uh, the playwright. And, and a girl in my class goes, you know, why don't you write roles for women? Why do you always write? He's like, why don't you? He's like, why don't you do it? I mean, do, do you want to do it? Why do I have to do it? I know, write what I know. I do what I do. You do it. Get up and do you want to play for women? Write a play for women and do it. That's what I did. I wrote up something. And I was like, he's so right. Why do I always wait for people to give me something? Mm -hmm. Why don't I just create it? Mm -hmm. Create the space. Because mm -hmm. he's like, there's enough of it. There's enough of it to go to for everyone. Mm. Uh, which is another thing. What Jesus gave out fish. And there was fish for everyone. Because mm -hmm. there is fish for everyone. Mm -hmm. This is the, you stop yourself from believing that once you see it, yep. once you start living that way, there is enough to go around for everyone. Absolutely. Um, it's, and, but if you do it the right way, as mm -hmm. you said, it's, it's not, once you start closing doors, closing things, closing, judging, then you're not going to get it because you're not giving the universe mm -hmm, its mm -hmm, respect. Mm -hmm. You have to give the respect to the universe mm. for its, its thing and you and being grateful and for everything and doing whatever you can. You know, I mean, I, I completely believe it. it took me so long to learn that. But once I learned it, I mean, now it's just, it's just, it's because it was ingrained in me as a kid, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is very easy to get back on that. And now I'm like, okay, it's, it's, so I don't need to go to church to be reminded about mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. because I already done my years in church, I actually just live that way now. Instead of saying I'm going to do it, saying I'm going to live that way, actually forgive, you know, move on, do your things, be kind, give to people whenever if something comes and I drop everything. I'm like, that, that's, that's what the universe wants me to do right now. Mm -hmm. I get it. This, mm -hmm. is, this is necessary. You know, this is what needs to be done. I get it. Okay. You know, and I find time and somehow time creates itself. Yeah, like the yeah. other day, like time moved over. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a weird... Yeah, but that's real weird, powerful self-awareness and, and you're really in alignment and flow with your purpose and who you are and what you're doing. And, and, and that's why I say like when you say yes to your life and you say yes to yourself, yes, yeah. the universe conspires to, to make everything work in your favor. Yeah. But you have to pay attention because sometimes the things that you have to go through are uncomfortable, yeah. challenging, but they're happening on purpose yeah, yeah, because exactly. it's to help you grow. Exactly. And that's where people go wrong. Yeah. Because they think that that it's everything's against them. Yes. And yes. so again, <laughs> it's the mindset. Yes. It depends how you see things. That because if true. you see things as a challenge and oh my god, everything's going against me or this is wrong, yeah. it's like no, it's a situation, yeah. not a problem. It's a situation that is helping you to grow. Yes. And I that's going to help you. That's coming into your life for a reason. Experience it, learn from it, and keep moving yeah, forward. Yeah, but don't 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 dwell in it. I mean, the dwelling, as you mm. said, six years, seven years, ten oh, years. Oh yeah, shit, I mean, man. We, we, but you have to waste it, of but, energy. But it's done. 
Like you've done it. You've actually experienced that. And but acting off that with yeah. other people, treating yeah. people specifically because of, of that. Because However, of that. now you know that, but there are a lot of people. I mean, but I mean, if I mean, looking back, as you said, this is where I wish. I mean, not wish. I don't know. I mean, if I had known this in my twenties. Would I be able to get out of it so quickly? Mm, mm. Maybe you do need to go through like these phases where it's like a six-year get over, a three-year, and slowly your life kind of, I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know, because we're going from what we experienced mm -hmm. and how it long No, like, like now, for example, I know yeah. every challenge, every piece of adversity that comes my way yeah. is a blessing. Yeah, and then, yeah. No matter what it is, yeah. it's a blessing. Yeah. It's happening for a reason. It's going to teach me something. Exactly. But I'm not going to sit there for six years and hold on to some sort of pain or regret yeah, yeah. or resentment because something didn't work in my yeah. favor. And you just need to know to let it go and be like, okay, that's that. It was not great. However, now, what has it taught me? How do I do the next step? Mm -hmm. Where is that next move, right? Because it's going to be hardship, you know? You, I mean... You know, uh, every day you go, you buy a ticket. I mean, buy a ticket. If the plane gets cancelled, you can't get on the plane. Changes your whole day. Fine, it happens, right? Yeah, get angry, feel it, feel upset. You know that didn't happen. Okay, well now I'm stuck here. What can I do? Oh, okay. Well, actually, maybe I'll do this instead. That's mm. that's. So there's a reason. Mm -hmm. And if you feel pain and anger and upset, that happens still. I'm saying I still get upset. I still have anger. I I still feel these emotions. There are things that happen that I don't want to happen. However, it's the how do I deal with that next step? You know what I mean? Feel it. Experience it in the moment. However, don't be angry at it for a whole week that you couldn't do that thing. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. okay, what, what, why? What's the answer? Where can I look now? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's the doing. I think just doing. I mean, I think that's always helped me that not to... I, I find people dwell in the negative... Once you sit, you... I mean, people overanalyze sometimes mm. their negativity. The, oh, I, that's why I'm not a big fan of psychologists, no offense. But like sometimes because it's like too much on the, it's like, okay, how do I, what's, how do I get out of that and become positive? Mm -hmm. Don't talk about that negativity so much. Yes, deal with it. But really like look at how, what's the other positive thing in your life that you should be looking at? Mm -hmm. You know, find that, as you said, look at the good things in your life. Focus on those and do that. Go read a book with your child. Mm -hmm. Enjoy that moment with your child if that keeps you, which is what I do sometimes when I'm going through a bad day. I'm like, actually, I'm going to go read with my kids and I'm going to sit mm. there and just enjoy reading and forget about the work. Mm -hmm. You know, sleep on it, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, I see the light in a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's not working. I'm not meant to be doing that project because I have like 10 films I could be doing right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But this one's going ahead because actually I've got a lot of interest. Okay, focus on this one right mm -hmm. now. You know, don't, I mean, it doesn't always, it's not always perfect, right? Mm -hmm. um, and feel it, but then don't, like, the next day, no, but I really want to do that. No, I need to do that. That's what I have to do. The universe doesn't want you to do that. Mm. It doesn't want you to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's told you that. See it. Let go. Learn. Learn, Learn and it. go. Yeah. Don't try to make it happen. You know, if you love someone and they want to leave you, let them go. I know, I, I mean, know. Like, like, I've said this so much. Like, why would you want to be with someone <laughs> that doesn't want to be with you? Yeah. You know, like it's stupid. And it's like, it, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like you're forcing something that you're going against like yeah. nature. I mean, it's, I mean, my husband and I have been married 10 years and, you know, we've had fights at times where it's like, I'm like, okay, if you really think it's over, then, you know, okay, I understand. We'll just have to, you know, blah, blah. he's like, really? I'm like, 
no, I'm just like, I'm not going to, let's talk about it. Let's work it out. But like, I'm not going to make you stay here. I know. For, like I mean, forced. yes, forever after. Yeah, yes, I, know, I would I love the romantic yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah. But if we grow apart, if something yeah. happens, I'm not going to hate you for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not making you happy, I don't want you to be with me. Mm. I mean, that's the worst thing. If you would say, she made me so depressed for life. She was this. I mean, if, I, if I'm emotional, I mean, please be, here's, I'm going to communicate. And that's yeah. the big thing about a relationship. Communication. Communication. And I've had to learn that from my husband a lot. Sometimes I'll go quiet because my parents did that for like weeks. They didn't even talk to each other. And I get in those, he's like, Nancy, what's wrong? Talk about it. I'm like, okay. So, you know, to, yeah, to be okay it's with so the big, honesty. Man. In any relationship, yeah. it's, it's communication is the key to... to friendship, to work, all, yeah, to, to, yeah, to awareness, awareness. To, you know, to know what's going on. Yeah. Nancy, thank you so much for your time today. Like what we've done, I think, is going to change so many people's lives. I what hope so. what we I... talked about is like deep stuff, and it's it's really real. It's authentic. It's I think that this is one of the best podcasts. I think the energy that we're giving oh. and receiving, like, well, you did pull my teeth out when I was five years well, old. Well, shit, we're supposed to talk about that. Hang on a second before we finish up, guys, because <laughs> I said this at the beginning of the episode that we have some stories to tell you, and I already took action on this, but I'm going to do it again publicly on the podcast yes, because did. when I was a child, okay, we're living in this house in Wanji Road in Lakemba. And I remember that at the back, in the backyard of this house, there were like, dirt. I remember you used to dig um, dirt. There was dirt and I would dig holes and put water in there. And he was four and a half years old. I was five and a half. <laughs> okay. And so we were little kids. And so what I did, I don't know where I got this idea from or what I, where I no, saw we playing, it. Or, no, we were doing... The, the, well, we were playing dentist. We were playing dentist. How? And so Lou goes, I will remember this has traumatized me. No, I'm kidding. has not traumatized me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we were playing dentist. We used to play doctors, nurses. I mean, everything. We were married a hundred yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mummies and daddies yep. and like everything. Astronauts. I mean, we were very... Uh, no TV then, right? We were kids. Uh, the, the, the blessed years of no um, social media. Yeah, and TV. no technology. Um, but we played so many things, but they weren't dentists. So <laughs> Luke had um, pliers. <laughs> <laughs> he's fixing his uh, he was fixing his um, bike and we're like, yeah he's like you know I'm such a gullible person my friends know I'm so gullible even to this day because I just I'm honest and I think people are being honest so Luke is like Nancy open your mouth close your eyes <laughs> and I go sure uh, how's my cavities bam <laughs> Got my two front teeth both of them out Did it, was it a hammer? with a hammer I uh, fucking Banged your fucking front teeth. Oh, my God. And then, but, you know, I will always find it as a blessing, Luke. Because that was okay. So the blessing is because he did actually apologize when he saw me two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, and so, but he hid for four days oh, behind shit. a mattress. And everyone, like, would put him food. He would not come out because he felt so, because I had blood rushing down. And, like, and the, and the priest was there. And my dad was, everyone was there. And I'm running, Luke, get my teeth out. <laughs> blooded child like from the exorcist or something Luke hid he felt really bad anyway but the great I see it as a blessing because that Christmas I got to sing at school all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth because oh, I didn't have so I've got a picture on stage singing that song I think I was picked I was in kindergarten and from that's how my career in the arts started I think so in a way it's a oh, wow because I was singing always Shit. at all the plays. I was always That's amazing. I was always singing on stage. So So everything does happen for a reason. I think so. <laughs> so those two teeth got me to but be I'm, the lead. But I'll say it publicly, I'm sorry. <laughs>
even though it's a blessing, uh, <laughs> you know, if I went back, I don't know. Now, now you think about it, you go, well, no, I wouldn't well, take that back. I wouldn't take that back. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stay away from my teeth now because <laughs> actually I love my teeth. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that was, I think, you know, I don't say it, but I did get to sing that and I was the star of the show at school and then I became the St. Therese little star. I was always at, you know, singing mm. the lead songs, always in the lead plays, always in, in the talent yeah. shows. And see what I mean? And that's why I say like in any situation that you're going through in your life, you may not see the light or you may not understand or appreciate what it's doing to you, even though it's hurtful or painful yeah. or, it's and, and it's somehow, some way there's always a silver lining, Yeah, you know? So Nancy, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely thank amazing. <laughs> Oh, this, this is so good. Um, I hope brother. you. I, ho I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. But just finishing up, if yes. you could say something, because your story is so grand and you've done so much and achieved so much. <laughs> um, but for anyone who is in a place of you know discontentment, they're not happy with their life. Things haven't been working out for them. What can you leave us with to help people to, you know, keep persevering and to believe that change is possible, healing is possible, and that you can live your dreams? You have to get out of your environment. Mm. I really believe that. Mm. I mean, I went to Papua New Guinea when things weren't going well, and I, uh, and then I moved to New York. Uh, I'm not saying don't come back. I'm not saying don't. Uh, and that environment you might just be go to the woods or go to the forest or go to the mountains and just stay there for a week and just realign yourself but just get away from the people the things that are uh, you you can't think straight and just see it from another angle see that situation uh, and may I didn't say I don't I mean maybe see a psychologist I'm not saying that do see someone or talk to someone or go to a priest or but change it up do something completely that you wouldn't normally do um, put yourself in a situation and then look at it from those you know put yourself in someone else's shoes right there is that like try and I mean, that, that helped me a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Awesome, awesome. Nancy, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Great. Thank you for joining me on this journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're ready to grow and reach your full potential and find inner peace, send me a DM that says, I want inner peace, and I'll send you the next steps. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. When you change your mind, you change your whole life. So don't hesitate and send that DM over to me. Myself and my team can't wait to meet you and witness your transformation in full glory. See you next week.